What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is acclaimed Canadian graffiti writer, Omen. Uh, he and I met in Miami for this past Art Basel. We painted together with the In um, Mass Initiative. Uh, he joined me via phone from um, some office building in Miami. He's down there right now avoiding the freezing-ass cold of Montreal to uh, scout new walls and, and painting spots for next year or maybe even for this year. I'm not, I'm not sure. We talk Art Basel, graffiti versus street art, fighting boredom, Tony Goldman, personality, punk rock, Bob Ross, polite Canadians, Batman cause, giant mural projects, and killing pop surrealism. Um, so as always, make sure you go check out MikeMaxwellArt.com. Click on the podcast. You can get all the information about each episode. If you click on the blog, I do a blog for each uh, guest, and it has all the the necessary links to go check out their websites and um, Twitters and and what have you. And you can see what type of stuff we can uh, what we talk about. You can follow the podcast. Uh, go goddamn follow the Live Free podcast on Twitter. I have like twenty five hundred followers on my personal account, but only like less than 400 followers on the on the podcast go do that i'll follow you and i'll i'll talk with you over there it's healthy for you you can follow us on facebook and and uh all that fun shit you can follow me at mike maxwell art on all the social medias the instagrams the facebooks and the twitters um, i'm happy to announce we have a new sponsor for the show uh, 858 Fight Shop in San Diego is now a, uh, a sponsor, which I'm, I'm happy to announce. Uh, you can check them out on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash 858 Fight Shop, and that's with the numbers 858. Super rad shop. They, they, they carry um, jujitsu, Muay Thai, wrestling, whatever type of martial arts you're into, you can, you can get gear there, um, mouthpieces, uh, all the defense soap. So that you don't get that ringworm. Uh, they're open seven days a week. You can check them out uh, at 7128 Miramar Road uh, in San Diego. If you go to the shop um, and mention the podcast, mention the Live Free podcast, or mention Mike Maxwell, you will get 15% off any of your purchases over there. So make sure you go do that. Um, they're setting up some online store opportunities and like an eBay shop, that sort of Amazon thing. And uh, we'll have stuff available for everybody around the country who can't actually go to the shop. If you're looking for something specific and you need to get something to ship, maybe they do that too. I don't know. Um, I imagine since they're setting up the, the online shop that that's all going to be doable. So make sure you go check them out. 858 Fight Shop. Uh, and tell Johnny I sent you. So with all that said, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I present to you Mr. Omen. Let's uh, give a call here. I guess we're going to be calling an office building somewhere in Miami. Good afternoon, the counseling group. Hi, is available? Oh, yes, sir. Is uh, Mike? Yeah. Okay, yes, sir. Uh, hold on one second, please. I'll go there. Okay, thanks. Hello? Yo, brother. What's up? What's up, my man? How are you? Good, man. Hey. Let's see if I can get you on speaker on this. It's better if I'm not. What? It's better okay. if I'm not. I got you on speaker. Okay, so you don't. You just want to be like hogging that speaker action all the way. Yeah. Well, you know, it might end up where uh, where it bounces back and it kind of. I hear my voice. That's that's the problem with Skype. Sometimes is uh, I have to make well, people wear oh, headphones. No, yeah. Makes that weird noise and backfires and feedback. I mean. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Your phone sounds shitty too. You're on a landline. Yeah, maybe it's me. It's just a little cut. I don't know. Uh, I'm just seeing if there's... I don't know what there is. It might just be on my side. Or maybe it's just your voice. All right. Let's start. Do you want to use your real name on this thing? No, why? Okay. No, just one sign. 
Yeah, Omen yeah. is your real name? Yeah. yeah. All right, brother. Well, um, thank you for taking the time to shoot the shit with me. I appreciate it. No problem, bud. That's it. Podcast over. Here, Let's get this shit out of the way. <laughs> um, all right. So so you and I met in Miami this year at uh, at Art Basel. True. Um, fucking around with the, the In Mass initiative. Yes. Um, when did you link up with those knuckleheads? You're down in Miami right now, right? Yes, sir. What are you doing down there? It's awesome. Yes. What are you up to down there right now? Well, I was uh, I was doing a lot of networking, and I'm trying to get uh, something happening here. I've met a lot of people that um, run uh, some of the walls down here because uh-huh. uh, I'd like to get a p- more space here. Get a maybe get a show like anything else. Like I'm just hustling, trying to trying something different, um, trying an American market, which more less competitive than say New York as far as like graph or street art or whatever you want to call it you know yeah and I I found Miami was more way surprisingly receptive to this whole thing and it kind of blew my mind when we were down here that last time how amazing is that you know I've really been wanting to try to to get what's going on down there in Miami to other cities like the, no shit, right? the area that I live in is full of warehouses with gray, pale blue, like just huge, empty, smooth-ass walls. Well, are you a millionaire <laughs> millionaire uh, visionary? <laughs> I'm not a millionaire visionary, but um, the way things sort of work here in San Diego, it's usually like just a couple people own all the the um, spaces, you know? Like, well, I found out that three people... Three people own Windward. Three. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and that's so that's exactly how it Goldman is. Was that guy Goldman, and he he spearheaded this initiative, which is turning into like a self fulfilling prophecy of large return. Let's say, you know, and it's working out really well for them. And uh, I think it's I think it's like I saw an interview with the uh, <clears throat> with the uh, oh, what's his name? Not Revoke. It's uh, the guy who works with El Mac. And he was talking about how he felt like it was the same as when it was in the in the in the in New York in the seventies and, and when it was getting like started to roll and like, you know, people were getting discovered for how cool graffiti was, you know. Yeah, it gets and, the momentum. Yeah. And now they're comparing it to that, but I but I totally didn't agree with that at all. Like uh same thing that happened I, I have a, a kind of a foreboding that it's going to be the same thing that happened to punk you know yeah you know what i mean like when you're into the scene and you're into this whole private world of like you know this is the best thing ever you know and then people are like say like like punk rock well i'll use the punk rock analogy like it's like listening to the misfits and like uh whatever minor threat and stuff like that and like this stuff is awesome you know and then like eventually like it busts out and it becomes popular people are like oh this is awesome it's like yeah we were saying that and now you're putting on like my bloody valentine now yeah Yeah. well things become (laughs) co-opted yeah and so like I'm kind of nervous about that happening to this whole scene like our scene you know what I mean like it's gonna be like oh yeah this guy's a street artist this guy's a graffiti artist I'm like that yeah (laughs) well you and I had a lot of those types of conversations uh, over the week that, uh, that I was in Miami but I, I was, well, I was, it was also my personal growth. Like, I had to, I had the chance to talk to people I, I idolized my whole life, you know, right. and people that know about this from the roots in different parts of the world. And, and it, it affected me, I'll be honest. It affected me in a way that I'm still not even sure that I'm done processing. You yeah. know what I mean? Because we even talked. We had the, that, that, the night of the burnt rice, we'll call it. <laughs> the night of the burnt rice. That night was an amazing talk that me, you, and Jason Botkin had, you know? Yeah. That was, that was, I, I can't say I liked it all, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I can't say I was, like, at 
unpleasant with it, but we, and I don't think any one of us was like, totally like, this is a great conversation. I want to kill you. You know what I mean? At point. And that's what made it a good conversation because it was really pushing some shit that I didn't want to talk about. You know? Yeah. Can I swear on this program? Yeah, you can say whatever you want. Um, okay. I think, um, uh, well, that the since nobody else that's listening to the show was there for that conversation, I think uh, we had we had started off a discussion based on a joke that you told. That was um, let me see if oh, I yeah. can repeat it. The difference between a, a graffiti artist and a street artist is a street art, uh, graffiti artist has better stories. <laughs> <laughs> you want to elaborate on that? Well, it's just like uh, I actually yeah I could out, but like honestly, Mike, since then I've I've put this out there and have had more feedback and it's been progressing since the time like I would even say that the, the, the mentality because like I was really apprehensive when people actually commented back on that with really insightful ideas and I'd be an idiot to like just block that stuff off you know sure which is, um, which is typical of the human mind yeah like you know I've done something for 15 years and I was like fuck this is a shit this is real this is what's happening this is always it's eternal it's never going to change and then like what Holy shit, it changed. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In the past five years, it's like totally, it's on its head. And you know this as well as I do. There's things that are not like conventions anymore and things that are being blown out and sick and like there's marginalized. Okay, but back to the thing that I was saying <coughs> was uh, it's just because a lot of things like, I can't even go back to that. Sorry, I can't. Because like there's things that, you know, like now it's people like, well, what's the deal? If you want to paint something, you just knock on a wall and say, could I paint your thing? Yeah, but, you know, because, like, I was joking that back in when we started, if I say, hey, can I do some graph on your wall? He'd be like, Ch -ch -ch. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, get the fuck out of here, you piece of shit. Yeah. You know, because we had such a bad rap. And now that after all these years, and finally, probably some, I think it ties in with good paint coming out, um, that it's higher level pieces coming out, and now street art is picked up, and people are like, hey, this stuff's pretty good, you know, when they're yeah. when people aren't writing their name all over the place. And, uh, and, uh, my joke was like, you know, graffiti artists have like, I was climbing a barbed wire fence and doing this, but then uh, other uh, wrote me back and he made a good point. It's like, you know, there's both sides to that story because there's a lot of graffiti artists that just do legal walls now, and there's street artists that climb crazy stuff and do crazy stuff everywhere, you know? Yeah, sure. So, and he was right. He's absolutely right. And like, it's just about fighting boredom, and it's the same thing like in, 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 uh, when I say my culture, it's like I'm talking about graph. But, like, in my culture, it was, like, lettering, and I was always pushed aside, you know? And I was like, yeah, why are you doing that? Because, like, I'm not doing the traditional characters that people want in a piece, and I'm not totally doing the cutting-edge stuff that's available in street art, you know, the, the thought-provoking stuff. So I'm kind of caught in the middle, and I'm trying to see, like, like it's like it was like a kind of a catalyst uh, art basil in Miami. So... Yeah. I'm still trying to digest what happened. You know, so it's it one thing, it's it's so visually overwhelming in that place. And it, what's, uh, what's really amazing... A, I have a panorama of it. It's going to blow your mind. I'll send it to you. It'll blow your mind. Yeah, of, yeah. of like all of Wynwood or something? Yeah, uh, I took it from the top of Wynwood uh, offices, the one where that huge retina piece is on. I yeah. took it from the rooftop of that. It's dude. I wonder, like, I wonder what it would take to convince property owners that doing something like that is a good idea like how I, I i'm curious as how to pitch it to like if i were to try to do like a, a mural project here in san diego what you know like I've, I've found that people only do things when it benefits them in some way like, oh yeah dude <clears throat> i'm well, curious like, are you talking in the sense of like a can you rock or a scribble jam or something like that or you want to talk like street art like where you bring street artists to do a scribble jam, basically. Well, you want to I would like to see just any warehouse district be able to right. utilize art of of any kind. You know. Well, because I think Milwaukee and in, in Canada, uh, Winnipeg is like a big thing like that where it's dead. And uh, I don't know, man, because it, it was the initiative from it was like an internal thing, an internal decision when uh, Goldman did that. I think. With his uh, Here Comes the Neighborhood, which I'm not, eh, I have kind of mixed feelings on. But, like, uh, it was his initiative to bring the neighborhood. <laughs> and you could see it's it's not really, if 
you look at it, it's not really the art, you know? I can see that he's like, yes, yeah, it's an initiative and it's the art and he's, he's bringing art. But it's like, it's a fast-forwarding uh, of uh, gentrification in a sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Bring, bring artists to an area they would never go because they'd get ganked or shot or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, which so, interestingly enough is the spots where usually graffiti is done and graffiti artists thrive as opposed to what yeah, we think sure. of as street like, artists. Non-accessible because there's, you know what I mean? It's like, well, yeah, more or less. Okay, yeah, in a sense, yeah, but it's like outside, it's like in a different city. You know what I mean? It's like if you were in, uh, I don't know, like San Diego and you have to go to all the way to L.A. to paint. You wouldn't. You try to find a place in San Diego. It's the same kind of thing here. If you're in Miami, you wouldn't come all the way to Wynwood just to paint and like risk everything. But though people did, but it's I don't know. It's I don't know. Not like that. Not like that level of art, you know. And that neighborhood is is much different throughout the year than it is for the the two weeks of Art Basel. Oh no! But I like here now, and I see how it's like. um, It's like it's it's. The, the trickle-down effect, if you will. You know, like, there's... The Panther Cafe is now getting bigger and, and all places like that, and, like, places are saying, but they still don't have anything open at night there. Nothing at night, right? Yeah. And when I was on the... On the <laughs> when I was on the top of, like, uh, Winwood Towers, we were watching, like... One side, we're watching, like, all these people, like, taking pictures of the art, and it's all nice and great. And then, like, with, like, pan, pan like, 15 degrees in a circle, and there's guys singing rock right there, you know? And I'm like... Okay, this is, you know, this is, I don't know what's going to happen, but something's going to happen. One's going to flow into the other when real estate starts boosting even more, you know? Yeah. But what I was getting at was the fact that, like, us artists always go to the cheap-ass places, like we were saying where we paint, going to the cheap-ass ghetto places, making it look awesome and be awesome and opening up cut shops that are really cool and hip and, like, stores will move in that are cool and hip, and then fucking the money comes in and blows it up and then you can't even live there anymore. Yeah, which ultimately ends up hurting the poor people who were sort of trying to raise up, right? Yeah, and it was because it was their refuge. They were able to go there because it was ghetto and poor and whatever, you know? Yeah. And so, like, it happened in Montreal. It's, hap- it's probably going to happen here, and that's what I'm worried about. This is what I, I was talking about. The, the explosion is like. Could you just imagine, Mike, in like ten years, it's like, could I get up on this wall? How badly do you want to get up on this wall? You know, tell you what, five grand, you could get this wall. It's a great location. You can paint it, and you'll get, you'll, you know, like what we were yeah. talking on your Facebook. It's like the same deal. It's like you'll get the recognition. And you'll start paying to get on walls here. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder how much of that played out for the Goldman character. I mean, he just passed away this last year, so I don't want to, like, shit on the dude. And I'm, I'm just making total assumptions based on, like, what I know about property owners. And the idea that he owned all those buildings, would it make sense to try to bring in business via these art fairs or through, uh, you know, actually trying to get storefronts into the neighborhood, like, to benefit the bottom line or is dude like super art fanatic who has like a crazy addiction to to graphic things or whatever you know like like collectors get and uh and really just wanted to boom a collection out into the public like i i wonder i wonder it can't find out now really but i wonder how much of each of those things plays in if, if we're thinking about like people who are trying to benefit themselves mostly which usually rich people are, but you know I hate to make yeah. assumptions based on that. No, but I feel I feel comfortable with that assumption. <laughs> like, because I'm like I've I've see, I've I've been privy to like some if like closed room discussions that were like even here and in when we're we're in Basel of people of the high end of art. Just like I can't believe the reasoning behind some purchases. You know what I mean? And so if there's some reasoning like to some purchases or some uh, projects or whatever it is, it's purely like investment or purely like furthering an agenda, not at all related to like aesthetic. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Not at all related to like, oh, this is fucking beautiful. It's like, oh, who is this? Oh, yeah, yeah. He's that, that person should go on my wall. You know? you know, that's something I've been thinking a lot about lately, like how much uh, personality plays into the art game like the art selling game like how how often are people actually buying the personality of the person of 
the the person who you know, made the work? Especially in our gen, man. In our gen, it's like it's it's so much that it's like there's there's like twenty. Uh, well, especially in our clique of art, like street art, whatever. Uh, there's like twenty artists that are rocking, like red hot. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're the same twenty that travel the world the whole time and just do the same. Like some are some do their thing and some have a certain feel. If you know what I mean, like some do their the thing that's them and they like doing that. And there's other people that have a certain style, which I prefer, you know, like that'll try something different and push it even further and evolve. And other people are like, yeah, well, this works. I'm cashing in. Fuck it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So, but like, I wonder that too. It's like, you know, like, um, I've seen people that I think, dude, some artists that are like amazing. I'm not going to name names, but I'm like, why aren't you famous? You know, like, why aren't you? And there's other people that I'm like, why are you famous? <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, sure. <laughs> like oh let's draw a little face with long legs and a happy face and we'll do it all over and now you're famous you know it's like why because it's the culture is so fucking iphone twittered out that they can't focus on anything complex that they need the same bite-sized shit on the art you know what i mean like yeah it's such a strange connection now with with the internet being available like the amount of people who can like claim to be an artist like i i don't try to put any real definition on that i feel like if you create something that didn't exist before you created it then you made some art whatever it is but there's a lot of people who who can make claims just by posting some things on the internet like take sort of stake in something Mm. and you know yeah uh i think that's sort of how the the birth of street art I think came about, you know, like people just at like the birth of the internet or, you know, just before that, that Uh change, there's a large group of people who just wanted to share their work with larger groups of people, you know, Uh like, and not wait for the, you know, like go to school, get a job, 2.5 kids, blah, 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 root, which I hated. And it's the same thing with art at that time. It's like, go to school, get into art school, get a diploma, a half full galleries, get into a gallery, maybe have a show, maybe have a piece of art, maybe get written about in a magazine, maybe get another yeah. show. Bullshit, you know? It's like, fuck it, you want to see my shit? Boom, there it is, you know? But now with the internet, you don't, it's like, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's like sped that up so much. Yeah, like, think about back in the day, like, we, I think we discussed this, think about it back in the day of, like, seeing graph, like, if I was in Montreal and I wanted to see San Diego graph, holy shit, it would be like, from the day you make it to when I get to see it is like uh, two months. Yeah, at least, at least. At least. I used to go to Tower Records here in San Diego because it had a huge magazine collection and they would get in all like the um, the European graph mags, all uh the stuff from the Bay Area and New York. They would have like at least 15 or 16 different magazines at the time, pre-internet. And that was how I found out about a lot of the artists who who ended up influencing my style, my personality, like a lot of different things that were heavily influential just through these sort of archaic methods now in comparison. Uh-huh. But there was something to it that you had to like, you actually had to go look for it. Sort of like, like going to the library. Where are you going? It was like going to the library, or even like like DJs like looking through, through exactly records. Exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, looking through crates, man. It's the same thing. Like now, it's like there was that whole transition. I remember the day, like I remember when like people are digging crates, and then there was like people coming in with like uh, like CD mixers, right? And then like now it's like all digital. And I remember the 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 the, the argument the whole time, like when people are like you're not real, and now it's like. A lot of people are like, fuck it, this is, this is what it is, you know? And that's the thing I'm trying to accept is that this is what it is. This is how it is now. You know, it's like, uh, you're not going to go back to film. Like, film camera's cool and whatever, but, like, it's not going to go back to that. Yeah, it's, I mean? hard, it's hard to let that shit go, right? Like, I have, um, I have issues with saying bless you to people when they sneeze. Yeah. Because I, I have some idea about the origins of how that happened. And there's something about, like not letting the past go because yeah. even though things are always changing just so having the knowledge invade my body is what you're saying the what you will let demons invade my body that's what i'm hoping for actually <laughs> but no okay. it's like having the having the knowledge of of things being different at one point 
and not accepting that they've evolved and changed can be it can cause a lot of suffering in people like it, it makes you get fucked up about something or you like you're holding on too much to the past and you know the present just fucking passes you by yeah well i've done that i've done other things to punk like at one point i don't know why i keep analogies <laughs> making analogies to punk but <clears throat> there's one time when i was like i was listening to music that was coming out back in the day i was listening to like minor thread and sam hayden and all that shit when it came out and then I was like, fuck this, I want to hear what it was before, and I went back to 77 Punk, and I was obsessing over that, pre-digging for, like, old, like, uh, you know, like, Slaughter and the Dogs and all these old bands and stuff. And then I was obsessing over that, and then I'm like, wait a minute, what's happening now, you know? And then I came out of that, and that's when, uh, like, uh, what's it called, like, uh, Lagwagon and all those bands were coming out then, yeah. and Propagandy and the newer bands, and now it's like, now all the bands like Evergreen Terrace converge and stuff like that, and I'm like, holy cow! I'm so glad I'm, I'm I know what's going on, but I have that those roots. You yeah. know what I mean? That's what, I, you know the internet. Since we shat on it a little bit, it, that's what's been so nice about the internet. Like having YouTube, like the ability to go back, and I I use the analogy of a time machine a lot, um, yeah. but it's true. Like we have we now have the opportunity to go back and see concerts we would have never been able to see. Like there's a I posted a little while ago about this song that has like a, you know, like a 300 year history or something ridiculous like that. 400 year old song that has been little parts of it has lived on through new songs throughout oh. history. And you there? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. I'm just going. Yeah, cool. But I said cool. And so we have we have opportunities like that to have appreciation as opposed to like. As opposed to, like, mourning it not being the thing anymore, you know? But I find it's in music, this is where I'm going to differ with the, the music analogy. Music now, people are listening to music, say, Nirvana, which is, like, 30 years ago, but when we were kids, would never listen to music from the 50s. You know, that was, like, an anomaly, uh -huh. you know? So now people are listening to music with a wider spectrum and more, more awareness. But as far as art goes, I find it's really... If there's only a few pe like people that are that you don't see a lot of abstract expressionist people on on Flickr and Twitter, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and like it's only the searching crowd that's this dynamic. So it's kind of like a, a what is it called? Those horses were like a blinders to what is happening in this scene that is relevant to this technology. You Do know you what think I mean? sometimes we get like that sort of? blinder mentality where we we have a tendency to not see the other circles that are existing around us so for instance yeah. like if you just stumbled upon a group of abstract expressionists and met their friends and their group of people that they hung out with and all of a sudden maybe a new world would open up like we get very oh, yeah. uh uh i agree because like i was talking about like someone was saying what kind of what kind of direction do you want to go in my in your new paintings this year and i'm like well i was looking at gustav klimt and like uh and I like those kind of feelings, the, those, that, that time and like, uh, what's his name, the guy that died young there, uh, Egon Schiel. I'm mm -hmm. like, I really want to try to push my stuff into that kind of expressionism with lines because we have so much control on cans now. I want to push it even further. Like, you know, I've done the realism, I've done that, I've done, and I'm pushing that. So now I want to go into something expressive, more expressive or distorted, but messy because everyone's accessing on neat. I'm like, fuck it, I want to go messy because I can control the mess. You know what I mean? Right. So, and I was saying, like, you got on Sheila and, and, and uh, Clint, and the person was talking about, like, who? Like, uh, can we talk about, like, uh, Revoke? Or, you know, and I'm like, dude, <laughs> come on, really? You know? It's like talking to someone about punk now, you know, and you mention the Misfits, and they're like, who? Like, what? what yeah, that's crazy. Well, yeah. you know, at one, I, I mentioned Bob Ross. Not that Bob yeah, Ross is that dude. punk. But I mentioned Bob Ross to one of the painters in Miami, and they didn't know who he was. Because they were young, right? Like, just a different generation that just wasn't, you know, I use the Wu-Tang line all the time, how can you know what the fuck you never knew? Yeah. You know, like, you can't be mad at people for for not knowing something, you know? Cause you it, just something you don't know is my thing. Like, so unless you expand your knowledge, you'll never be able to suggest something you don't know. Like, Or if, if you never have, if, if one single single opportunity just doesn't pass your way, or, you know, like... If you never have an opportunity to sit down and watch an episode of Bob Ross's show, you might not ever hear of it. 
or the reference, any type of reference doesn't make any sense because you have nothing to sort of connect it to, you know? But um, let's talk about uh, your early life a little bit. How did you get into making things? Like, how did you get into graffiti? What uh, what sort of led you there? Uh, well, you said you grew up in Montreal. Yeah, I grew up in Montreal. I had a shitty kind of childhood. I had a shitty kind of... I was heavily, heavily into drugs and alcohol, and it fucked my life up to the point mm-hmm. I almost died. You're sober now, right? Yeah, I don't do that anymore. And that was what saved me, is... Uh, I was at a point where it was it was as bad as it gets. Let's <laughs> just put it. And I needed to stop this shit. So when I stopped, I had all this all this energy. It was like fuck. And then everything, like, you know, my computer was broken. Like my brain was fucked from doing all this hard drugs and drinking and pissing my life away. Well, how did you stop? So, first of all, how what was the what was the stopping process? Uh, it was it was a kind of like a day and night kind of thing. Um, you know when you smoke? Did you ever smoke cigarettes? I don't know if you smoked. Yeah, I did. Smoke, I quit. And you quit. And you quit. And then you're like, I'll just have a drag. The next thing you know, you're smoking packs again. You know, yeah, and you're like, fuck yeah. it. And I was doing that for a long time, where I was quitting, and I'd be like, okay, just one drink, then one just this, and just one that, and then it got more, and then it got worse, and I quit again, and and it was just like, fuck it, I'm quitting. That's it. I'm quitting. Uh, I sought some help, but uh, and then uh, I quit. And I stayed quit, and I'm like, discipline, I'm working on discipline. That's like, also around the time when I first started dabbling in martial arts, too. Uh, and then uh, also graffiti, and like, uh, graffiti saved my life. And like, you know, you see that fucking t-shirt everywhere, graffiti saved my life. But it's like, where else could you like, be an idealist, purist, and not have any bounce and rage, and do something beautiful for the world? Yeah. So like... That's where I took all that energy and I was like, fuck it, I gotta go on missions every night, every night, or I'll go insane. But I, I took all that energy that was used to destroy myself and I would create stuff. And I, I just like thought this is it. And we'd go out all the time and we'd paint trains, we'd paint walls, and we'd climb weird places. And we'd do like like tagging runs where we'd do like, okay, a thousand, thousand parking meters by the end of the week. And, and I'd be by myself most <laughs> yeah. of the time. And, it, and uh, this was before any like, internet or anything like that or even like digital cameras were popular you know yeah you had to use the uh, disposables right i i didn't I, I was broke dude that's why i started in black and white that's why i'm starting with stuff was black and white is because i had no money i couldn't even afford cap but get like two cans of black and white i wasn't into stealing i was like on this whole trip of like doing everything pure clean whatever and so like i was like no i'm gonna buy these cans and i'd only afford two cans but like i I had it at cost because I was getting up and uh, whatever, you know how it works. The graffiti shop was like, yo, respect, what? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so, like, I'd get black and white paints and I'd, and I'd make all the colors because I found other colors, like maybe, like, the pastel yellow or the baby blue at the time, like, Prylons I'm talking about, were good enough to go and pop an outline around or whatever. Yeah. But, like, those are the two colors I had because ultra flat black, sorry, there is no color anywhere still as beautiful as that color. Even though it's black, but I don't know if you've used it. It's like it's the best. It smells great. It's awesome. Yeah. And uh, but like, and then uh, that's how. And then now recently, it's like I did a mural, and it's like fuck. There's gray. Like, why am I resisting this? You know, even like the technology. Like they had the aliens paint where it would fade. I wouldn't do that because I, I believe I have better can control than needing alien. Yeah. But like, but like gray. Like, why would I stop? using gray why would I go and like try to make an area gray like for 10 minutes when I could just take the gray paint <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, just paint yeah. it gray instead of mixing black and white freehand and like well perfect you know it's like, yeah or using that that gray shade or the the black to create the gray shade yeah or even check this out like cans of paint like brush paint you know I was like such a fucking purist I was like fuck the book you know like and now I'm like I'm looking at all this stuff and I'm like that's really nice and I like the effect and I'm like my mind just opened because I was so hard ass because you had to be you know what I mean yeah. so it's hard to let that go it's like you had to be fucking asshole to get up on walls and paint and get your shit seen because there was no excuse me sir do you mind if I do some street art on the side of your wall it'll look great sure kid go for it you know is that how it works <laughs> Yeah, don't you know, man? <laughs> no, but like, you know what I mean? Like, and and now it's like it's always like, and now because you were, I saw you were writing about this too. Is that it's it's our business, it's our life. 
life, you know, and uh, and we can make it our life now. This kind of art and uh, like more edgy art, more like well, mine was totally illegal, one hundred percent illegal, and now I can make a living off of it, which is amazing. Like never ever would I have thought this was possible. You know what I mean? I thought yeah. it was like crime, <laughs> you know, like jail time, death, or what? Serious like quadruple amputee from freaking who knows what, like infectious disease I get from crawling over God knows what. Did, you know what um, I mean? When you were going through sobriety or trying to get sober, was it difficult for you? Because, I mean, if you're running around, like, tip, stereotypically, you know, a lot of graffiti dudes are are doing drugs or getting drunk, you know, just to be able to let go of a little bit of the fear to be able to, you know, go out and do these, what are considered Yeah, but I, I turned into, like, a total, like, uh, I didn't like it. I thought, like, I had a whole, like, I had a, basically a paradigm shift on the whole thing and I thought it was like killing people like I thought alcohol and drugs were like you're shitting your life away you're becoming a useless app. like I totally turned like pretty much straight edge you know I was like you're apathetic you can't you fuck like you know I smoked like a chimney but it was like I couldn't stand like that I would be like because then I'd be like fuck yeah get high get drunk I'm going out I'm painting you know yeah I'm the one getting all the I'm getting all the action I'm getting all the ladies I'm getting all the all the contracts I'm getting the fame everyone knows who I am I'm getting my shit up I'm getting my shit out I'm getting fucking you know it was the best thing that was the high fuck like whatever oh I'm gonna smoke with some you know fuck that I was like dude this is hanging over a ledge 20 stories up to bomb a place that no one's ever been fuck it that's the shit yeah, well, that's a, it's a different type of rush that that a lot of people aren't familiar with. Oh my god, I know that that yeah, and a lot of people can like even street art. It crosses over to street art. Some people do some crazy shit like that, you know, like over under the guy we were chilling with there. Yeah, yeah. He he's done. He went, even his pacings. He did like uh, the bridge there from our view, so that he hit it so that we could see it from the balcony, which was awesome. You yeah, know? yeah. And he knows the rush. He used to be into graph, and he does the same shit that's illegal. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's something, it's that mentality of kind of like saying, fuck the rules. Like, it's almost telling everybody how ridiculous the rules actually are. Yeah, until they see the results and then they're like, oh, I want that. You know what I mean? It's like, I find it's like a, it's a lot of the world is backwards in that sense. They'll work at, people will work at jobs and take vacations doing what they love. They're like, what? I like to play the game, like, let's pretend we have one life. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. And so I do it where I'm like, fuck, I, I have to. But at the beginning, it wasn't even like I'd like to. It was like, I have to do this. Get the fuck out of my way. You know, like, there's no like, oh, well, maybe tonight we should watch a movie. and like, get out. I would rather be single <laughs> for the rest of my life <laughs> than like do that because I have to paint, you know? Yeah. And like, there's that mentality. And then it turned into like a, a thing where it's just like, I love it. And I, I can't compare it to anything else. And it's stuck in me. So when it came to this point where it's useless, not useless, but it's like you have to change that feeling to something, uh, not to more lucrative, but more like, like you, because, okay, I went to see some exhibitions of they had of old school writers in uh, Miami, and I was like embarrassed, you know what yeah. I mean? I was like, this is the culture that I'm holding on to, like, with a death grip, you know? This is what, you know, like you're painting cartoons still. You're painting your stupid little bubble letters still? No, really? And I kind of felt embarrassed, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because, and I'm not saying that it has to go the way of some people like Crayola where you have to start painting oil paintings, but I'm like, man, like, I'm trying to push the medium of aerosol because I love that medium. And, like, I have a handle on it like a lot of people don't have a handle on it only because I've done it for so long and I don't want to give it up. And I still believe that it's, like, it belongs in museums and... and it has a valid place in that, you know? And people are, but people are still sidestepping that, you know, and going to, like, brushwork and stuff like that, which is fine because it's in the street. But when you bring that kind of stuff in the gallery, guess what? It's just another acrylic painting. It's just another whatever, you know? Like, that's why I think aerosol is a unique, well, for me, a unique thing that I can't let go of. So I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what do I do, you know, like, Really so with with these epiphanies that you've had over the last uh, couple months, do you see yourself utilizing more uh, tools in the arsenal, like using acrylics and those sorts of things, like for making stuff for the gallery or even stuff outside? Like, is is that of interest to you now that you kind of 
you kind of yeah, have seen I, a different life. I like life. the idea. This, this, the thing that I really want to work on, it's not really changing shit up. It's just going slower. Like, I don't know how else to explain it. Like, like when I was painting with Al Mass in, in Miami, like, I was doing huge things, and I bust them out really fast, because I'm like, you know, next, you know, next. And, like, I was, yeah. like, always had to stop and walk away from the wall. Otherwise, if I was to paint the whole time I was there, I'd just fill up that wall myself. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, wait, you got to slow down. And I looked at some shit that people did. Like, I really like uh, a lot of stuff that I saw there. And, like, also, it, it was honestly the thing, the one defining factor, if I could say one experience, was talking to how and awesome that really, really fucking affected me, man. And, you know, and it made me see, like, they do stuff and they do, they still use aerosol. But they fill in large areas of paint first. They do like stencils, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like how and awesome, what? And that, and just like they're like, yeah, and like it doesn't matter how many thousands of trains you've hit, how many thousands of all you hit, no one cares. You know? I'm like, you're right. So if I can make something unique with, like, they're making something unique that no one else can do because they have that skill. They have like 20 years or whatever. Like they probably. Inv- some of these new changes for you like do you have do you have some ideas yeah well, it's just uh, go huge or go home and so now you- I want to do uh, singularity pieces like uh, like whole sides of buildings like after what we saw here I was like uh, you know like Arise does it you know he does stuff that's uh, whole building sizes and he does one piece and like that whole European concept you know mm-hmm, it's not yeah. like New to your, it's new to Miami and it's new to a lot of places here, but fuck, dude. Poland, uh, like Romania, like uh, all those countries ha- have had, like, you know, even since, uh, what the hell's his name? Mo2. Not Mo2, but, uh, oh, what the hell's his name? Stupid, crazy German dude that used to write 3D lettering back. Yeah, uh, that did the bees and shit. Yeah, and like, bees yeah, and they do, like, whole sides of buildings in Germany, you know, and it's like. Yeah. You guys are so fucking polite. Does that come from the the English connection? Uh, the politeness? A, yeah, yeah. It just comes from like uh, I don't know. I don't know. We're taught that way, and everything is nice. And if you if you're mean, you get left out in the cold and die. So like, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. But like, yeah, Canadians are neat, are polite because it makes sense, right? I don't know. I guess, yeah. but they are fucking polite as fuck. Yeah, we are. We are. I actually think right, British people are kind of cunt. Fuck? Oh, oh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm, there's also like I have a big gripe between polite versus nice. You know, a lot of people are polite that are fucking the biggest douchebag. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, just because they say please doesn't mean shit. Yeah, like condescendingly nice. Yeah, and it's like there's genuinely nice and there's polite. You know, people yeah. say polite because they're fucking dicks and they need little fucking like, oh, I need a cue card here. Oh yeah, thank you. Yeah. You know, or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Canada, the art scene is, like, it's sad. Like, I'm sorry, like, we have funding, we have this Canadian Council of Arts, but it's, like, I would never, it's probably from my, like, whatever, punk rock, whatever, past, and my graffiti past, that I wouldn't ask for money from, like, a lot of people write to the Canada Council for grants to write, put up books and stuff like that. Yeah. But I, I like the New York state of mind where it's, like, you succeed because you're good and you hustle, you know? Yeah, like that's our do-it-yourself mentality. Yeah, DIY, yeah. And uh, totally, and so like a lot of things here are done through the approval, like the large-scale murals are done through the city, and a lot of them are very, um, I, <laughs> I compare them to like Nazi Germany propaganda, where it's like the government's so fucked up, they'd have all these pictures of like happy families driving Volkswagens and being all happy, and meanwhile you know it's like fucked, but everything looks happy-happy. Yeah, sure. You know? And, like, uh, meanwhile, in, in, like, say, like, 
in Europe, there's murals of like whoever, like a, a rise, for example, of a guy like rotting or something, whatever. And it's like, yeah, that's cool. It's a rise. We want him on that wall. Go, you know, do whatever you want. Yeah. That's the way I think promoting art is not by fucking filling a mandate or jumping through a hoop, but rather uh, celebrating the artist that was in the street and knows how to work the street for maximum effect instead of someone like, like the other day I was at a thing and this one was like, I'm on a wall and uh, I've never painted a wall before and I have this project where I have to paint a wall and I'm going to do this graffiti project and I'm like, uh, you know, whatever you're feeling now, I feel it too. Like it's like this, uh, like one walk away, don't do the wall, but she's going to do it and everyone else is doing it, you know, so that's that kind of nausea that I have to fight and say like, hey, that's great. That's where the Canadian politeness Yeah, that fake Canadian. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, that's you should go and paint the wall. That's straight, even though you used to do watercolors of, like, flowers. It's straight, so, <laughs> you know. Well, what kind, is, there, is there support for the community? Like, are the artists supportive of each other? Is it just... Oh, yeah, we have, like, a, we have some guys that have started, a, like, a, their own shop, and they're really hustling hard. But it's it's a little bit more commercial. But as far as like an artistically based like in like a sh- individual that can get large scale murals, it's almost impossible. We cater and like whenever we do, it's like I'm sorry, but they they like they they do exchanges with artists. And I have this my biggest fucking beef in Canada in Montreal. I'll speak for my city. Is that they'll bring an artist, they'll like they'll bring haircut in, and they'll paint a huge wall. Meanwhile, the artists that are there are like, uh, by the way, hi. <laughs> you know? yeah. What about us? And when they, we have to paint a wall, then it's like, it's not this like exchange initiative. It's like, could you paint this wall that's like really, if the community will like something with like kids? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the worst. I was just, I was talking with my mom last night and um, she's an artist too. And we were discussing like the, the problems of making money doing art. And I was mentioning that I'm really sick of making money in art by doing the things that people want me to do. So like commission stuff, like I just I I just did this portrait of my buddy's dog for him, but it's like my my friend that I've been friends with since we were like 5, which is no problem for me to do. But I I didn't want to it's like something that I wouldn't do if I were preparing myself for a gallery show, right? Like right. and it seems like more often than not, I'm getting paid from people that come to me with ideas that don't have anything to do with what I normally do. And that's not where I want to make my money. I sort of have to do those things to be able to pay my bills and feed my family. But in perfect world land, I can make exactly what I want to make, which I do anyway. But I want that to be the real breadwinner for yeah. what, what, what pushes me forward. Another thing I learned this, uh, well, 2012. In 2012 is that I learned that uh, the best way to, like, I had that problem too, but I'm, I'm kind of blessed, I'll be honest, Mike. A lot of people approach me for my look, like, for yeah. my thing, and they let me do what I want. But the real money, obviously, is making, uh, is like, uh, things like that where they're commissions or, you know, like a bigger project that is paid for by someone because you have the ability to control a certain medium, right? Mm-hmm. To put it bluntly. I still won't do like uh, like whatever. I'll do almost anything, but it has like if I do it, it has to be me. I won't do a McDonald's with Ronald McDonald and paint Ronald McDonald's like yeah. kind of deal. And that's you know, you know not to say that I don't have my limitations, but there's there's certain things if they're close enough, you know, it, yeah. it happens. But the, the thing I was getting to is that I learned that there's a there's a commercial and an artistic. And it's like using, it's like selling a product so that you, you know, like it's like the people that work at a job and uh, suckers, we'll call them, and uh, they they work at a job and they, they get paid and then they use that money to create art, you know? Right. The same thing I have to see it as, is like some jobs will do, but I'm like not, a, like, I'm, any job I work for someone else, I'm not 100% behind it. It's like I'll do a little compromise and like, but I'll get the paycheck, you know? Yeah, and with sure. that paycheck, that commercial side, I could use my artistic side. Yeah. It gives me the freedom that I need, you know? That's what I've always <laughs> said. Like, I work, you know, I barely work when I'm working for somebody else. Like, I'm just lazy all the time. But when I work yeah. for myself, I, I work, you know, 80-hour weeks. No problem without thinking right. about it. Right. And it's it's not work. You know, there's a thing. If you right. work at what you love, you never work a day in your life. So, 
I felt like it, I've had years where I've worked maybe one project that I wasn't totally down with, but most of the time it's people will be like, could you pay me something? Like, and they'll pay me, <laughs> it's brilliant. They'll pay me money. They haven't even seen the painting. <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's like the best life. You know? That's so the best, like, for sure. This is amazing. And like, I'll, or they'll say, could you paint this? And like, uh, subject, you know, and it's like, and I'm like, okay, but like painted how you paint. And I'm like, okay, you know, like, I'm going to be painting, like, a Batman soon. And I'm like, because I did a Batman, like, I think Batman's badass, like, personally, but that's just me. And I think Batman, like, you know, if Wolverine or something, I like these guys, you know, they're they're part of me. I, I like Batman's ideal of, like, the traumatized kid that fucking grows up with brain damage and kills people. No, he doesn't kill people, beats the shit out of bad people. Yeah. For, like, twisted justice, but he's got all these mental problems, so I kind of relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> so I like Batman. <laughs> so this guy's like, can you paint Batman? And I'm like, yeah. And he saw, like, a painting I did for a friend that was, like, totally not a comic, but it was, like, my style of super dark, because he's also a dark character. And I draw, I tried it. I can't draw happy for the fucking life of me. You saw my shit. <laughs> I can't. I try to draw happy. I try to draw women. The women are always over-sexually dark, <laughs> you know, and, like, the guys are always, like, dark and somber and I'm like people always ask me what's wrong with you <laughs> you know and I'm like well it's kind of that whole uh what's the cathartic you know I have to get that part of me out of me yeah on a wall yeah either that or it rots inside of you yeah and you know maybe that maybe there's something with the the tonality too like with the black and gray there's a sort of somberness to to some of those tonalities mm-hmm. I really like that tonality but I think I'm gonna move I think I'm going to try to move past that just to push myself. And I have no problem experimenting further if, uh, you know, other people flip the bill, you know? Yeah. Like when I do those, like, say, say you get a commission work and people say, like, could you do this? And it's like, ah, now I have a chance to try something I don't like to do. Like, and I would not put in public. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Because when you do shit in public, it's like, yo, you have bragging rights and you have all that shit, you know? So you don't want to be like... Yo, uh. <laughs> and you know, there, there's a lot of validity to that. I think even after what I said about doing commissions, I think two of my best paintings from last year were commissions that were based on somebody's idea, but who let me do whatever it is that I wanted to do. Like, uh-huh. like they give me a sentence or something, and I I work from that. Yeah, and it's like I think if we could talk about the problem with a lot of street art and the commodification of, like, cause, okay? Mm-hmm. Cause had a good thing. Who knows if that wasn't, if people didn't like it, would he have done another character? You know what I mean? You don't <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Everyone loves that fucking face for some reason. But, like, who, like, is it just because everyone sees it and it's just, oh, this is so comfortable. I see that face, I feel comfortable because I know that face, you know? But what if he didn't, people didn't like it and he'd have <laughs> I think to it's something to different. Up. I think it's something different because when I saw his stuff, I instantly liked it. Part of it being who I was, but there's something else. Like sometimes there's certain images that you can't explain why it is that you like it. You just do. It's almost like, um, like liking foods. Like there's certain flavors that really make sense. And then there's others that just feel like you're eating acid or something. Yeah. But he got, he's like, see, there's the two types of artists. There's an artist that has, Whatever they do has that feel. And he's, and cause was the artist is like, his end result was his thing. You know what I mean? He couldn't, he like, put the cross eyes on anything and then it'd be cause, you know, because yeah, that's yeah. one thing. He's a one trick pony. Yeah. But it's like, it pays. And so, like, it's like what I was saying. It's like, you know, like, I'm going to keep drawing this forever. Why would I do that? Ching. Well, I'll keep drawing this, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, like, the question is how much of that is the artist's decision and how much of that is the collector's power over that artist like how much of it it plays it's like do you keep okay. doing that thing because it really makes you feel good or because you now like you know like people who as we grow we always need to make more and more and more like it's never enough i could see that being an issue like okay i made a little bit of money off this thing now how do i make more money off this thing I, how do i outdo myself each time but like it's that's what I'm saying. Is like, how did cause cause? Okay, but we have followed him back when he was doing like his original shit. You know, yeah. And a lot of the thing is now is that a lot of people don't know that stuff. Yeah, like you know, the billboards, like the the Marlboro billboards, and like all that. Oh old my shit. god, that was that was a genius. Like, it was amazing. 
and he was using he was doing the thing, you know. He was doing letters, you know. He was doing graffiti. Yeah. He just happened to have a character that went along with his graffiti. Uh huh. And somehow that he dropped writing his name. It's like giant, you know. Like a giant, it's the same thing. Giant evolved, and thank God for giant evolving, because now like you know, thirteen-year-old suburban kids know what to wear, you know. And uh, did you see? Are you talking about Shepherd Fairy Giant? No, 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 Giant, Giant, uh, Giant, the writer, Giant. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, not Shepherd Fairy. Obey, but uh, you know, like Obey. Well, he didn't. Yeah, he changed so much. Like, <laughs> no, but like, no, but like a Giant, Mike Giant. Yeah, he. Your buddy. Oh, yeah, totally. Sorry, dude. I forgot you knew that guy. But, uh, yeah, him, he totally, like, he changed. And he, thank God he changed, because now there's this whole uh, visual dictionary that uh, that we see now that would have never existed had he just drawn his, like, snaggle tooth guys with his writing, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, I don't know. You could defend him, I guess. But, like, I like the fact that he did that and he diversified and he was able to do that and he focuses on typography and does all this cool shit now. And it's like, you know, he's, if you look at it, he's one of the first people that broke out of, like, traditional graffiti and went into something more, you know, but carried that same energy. You know? It's yeah. not like that. Me. Nice. So, uh, I don't know. <sighs> you feel good? So how's, the, how's San Diego? San Diego's fucking beautiful, man. The fucking goddamn landscapers are back, though. Sons of bitches. On your estate? <laughs> yeah, I wish that were the truth. I live in a... Bum- it sounds like goddamn the landscapers are back. I say, James, give me another martini. This is a little dry. <laughs> Get it. You know, if if you were in a, a, another area of San Diego, that would probably be more likely, but not where I'm at. Yeah. Well, hey, man, I want to... I to San Diego one time, man. What's up? I'd love to get out there and paint, man. Love it. Yeah, you should. It's um, like uh, Venice. I was at Venice, I think it was. There are walls there. If I'm not mistaken, it was a while ago. Yeah, you know what? I don't know if those walls are still there or not. Not as many as there used to be, at least. San Diego's tough, man. San Diego's super conservative. It's, um... It used to have a lot of graffiti spots, but... Now it's mostly just, like, under bridges and overpasses and shit, you know? Like, it's little cutty spots that aren't seen by anybody else except for the other graffiti cats. So they don't they respect, like, like Winwood here? No, there's really not. Um, I mean, I've done a, a bunch of things in the Barrio Logan neighborhood, which is, like, the, um, like, old Mexican neighborhood, like, poor Mexican area of San Diego, which is just just south of, of the downtown area. and uh-huh. But, again, like, that area is being totally gentrified. But there's always been a, a, a big respect for art there. There's a, a, a spot called Chicano Park, and uh, it's just under the Coronado Bridge, and it's been painted up for years and years and years, but with old, like, traditional Mexican-style painting. Um, What's that? Not Chaz style, not like Chaz Borges. Uh, there's there's some stuff kind of like that, yeah, like like Cholo, Lowrider, um, even then like the old like Aztecian sort of like tribal type of artwork, you know, from deep south. You know what I think, Mike? You should try it. Like honestly, I think the concept that they have here at Winwood is gonna is gonna if. If you could attack it in the States especially, because you guys are blessed, but you love each other so fucking much. Um, like, y'all, uh, like, say, like, label it patriotic street art. <laughs> I'm sure you could get funding, like, up the ass, you know, like, patriotic street art for our troops or whatever, you know? Dude, all yeah. anybody would have to do is go and look at my Facebook and would realize how quickly that is bullshit, or my Twitter. <laughs> I was just oh, shitting on the uh, the navy. But then you gotta create a Guido Sarducci like alter ego. Yeah. That out of nothing, you know. Yeah. And then with that, you could become like like as long as you get someone like a head figure, like someone you know. I'm sure. Like I know a lot of clean cats that are like lawyers, and I know people that are like social workers and stuff like that, and yeah. get them to like spearhead the initiative with your backing. Because if you've got this area where it's like fucking Winwood there, you know it's going to work. You've seen it work. 
Yeah. You know, the yeah. model is here and it works. So like, how we then you do that, you make a huge amount of money, then you come and we pick me up and we go bomb the world. There you go. All right, plan is is set in motion now. <laughs> I think the the ball just started rolling down the hill. No, well, I think what I'm saying in general is that because like we had graffiti champs like for years, right? Sure. And that never lasted more than one wall. Right. But with this with this uh, model that's being is working, you know, why wouldn't it carry over? So let me ask. Let me ask you this: Is there? I feel like there there's a way to make it cheesy, and then there's a way to make it um, legitimate. Do you think there's? If if you were planning something like that, is there anything that you would look out for or try to not do? You know, because obviously, if we did it, it would be for the love of the art, but like you said, we'd want to get some fucking money off it and make it lucrative. Because there's no way to really even do it without any any financial backing. It's not possible. Why don't you do it for charity? Like, why, why don't you keep it, like, because it's all free here, but it's like, there is a back, because they're painting walls here to sell property. That's the end result. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And when the property gets too big, they're not going to want hooligans fucking running around. And let's be honest, they don't want people... You know what I mean? Oh, it's a beautiful neighborhood, but whoa, there's all these graffiti artists now, or like street artists, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. That's not so cool, you know? And then when we start getting busted for painting the walls that we brought, made awesome so that you can move in here, yeah. you know it's going to happen. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like a... I personally just think I'm going to wait this out, and if I can, you know, if we could get paid doing this time where it blows up and everyone's freaking out and just like chickens without their heads, tell me what to buy, who's in, what's up, you know? And when that all dies down, it's going to go back to what it was in the 70s, you know, where people who are doing it do it and those people that are going to move on to collecting what else is a hot thing right now. Like mm-hmm. pop surrealism was two years, like three years ago. You know, you draw a deer or a goat with a hat carrying a lamp, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it was like hot. People yeah. bought it, you know? Yeah, that's dying now. Yeah, you can feel it. Uh huh. Um, this is blowing up. You know. I um I, I did an Instagram post a while ago. I was looking through an old sketchbook, and uh, like maybe like two years ago, I wrote on the very first page of the sketchbook, um, the subtle destruction of pop surrealism, like as like a goal. You know, <laughs> like like somehow oh, yeah. help in the destruction of it. Well, I hate pop surrealism. No offense, I'm probably killing myself by saying that, but I don't like it. Like, I just found, like, people that couldn't, like, you know, it's, like, gimmicky, I find, and just, like, it's so, let's see, like, it's like, they, you know, like, where they get, you know, like, automatic uh, haiku generator, and they just, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> random things to put into that haiku, and, like, deer, hat, lamp, cane, popsicle stick, you know, uh, candy cane, yeah. whale, make it a painting. You know what I think that comes out of, which I think um, some of the same things happen with abstract art, is uh, people's need to get themselves out of reality. Like, they no longer want to exist in the real world and need to go to a fantasy land. That's what's so weird about the art market in in L.A., is that everybody's selling fantasy, and and that's what they want to buy, too. Well, it's a good thing. But I like to... I just like... In the basics, I like making pretty things, you know what I mean? I don't really know, like, I want to push myself for myself, but I feel like I'm going to be left behind. Because we still have to stay in a parameter. Like, suddenly imagine tomorrow, you're like, I want to just do, like, charcoal etchings with my body as, like, my elbow and elbow art, and I want to create that process. You'll be like, <laughs> yeah. have fun with that, buddy. Because <laughs> it's not like the artists of your where, like, people thought, oh, yes, that's really, yeah. You know, in our field, it's not that. They're going to be like, yo, what the hell is this shit? You know? Maybe you're ahead of your time with the elbow. Maybe elbow etchings, yeah. <laughs> Knew it. Nice. Well, all right, brother, we got about an hour. Um, I want to I wanna thank you for taking the time to shoot the shit with me again. Can we uh, plug some of your stuff, your your Facebook, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or your Twitter? Uh, I have a website. It's omen514.com. And uh, I have a Facebook page. It's Omen Graffiti. Um, I couldn't change it to street art in time. <laughs> um, but uh, I'm going to hit you up in a couple of weeks because I'm starting my own podcast and you're obviously going to be on it. Yeah, man, so, that's beautiful. What, uh, what's what's going to be the focus for that? Uh, the purpose? Or, is that what you asked? 
yeah, purpose or focus? What, what's your what's your plans with it? It's like uh, it's like I my my personal view of art and the art world and how it's all my views and like it'll be re- a little bit relevant and it's just going to be like my talking about it and uh, it's called uh, where do you draw the line? Huh? What? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Nice. So like it, it's just going to be my commentary because I been in this scene and I think I have a voice and I could I can make it I could just do opinions and if you don't like it just fucking change the podcast you know what I mean yeah sure so awesome. it's like Mike Maxwell you know who listens to that and like uh, people so actually like, do it's surprising <laughs> either that either that or it's only the people who have been on the show listen and that's how I get all my ratings exactly that's why you're asking so many people right yeah man well 71 I'm, podcasts 71 subscribers <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I think there's a lot of people listening to the show who are, you know, maybe just starting out in art or who just have some sort of affinity for it. And then, like, a lot of artists listen to the show while, you know, they're working in the studio or, or doing mm-hmm. whatever they're doing. Dude, you're a good man. I like what you do and I like what you stand for, so. Thank I you, brother. I, I feel the same about you. Cool. Well, uh, I'll stop wasting your time with my chatter. Yeah, please. Jesus. <laughs> We'll, we'll meet okay. each other again in the netherworld of uh, the internet. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, bro. Right. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. No worries. All right, later. Copping pains at night. Better off going bar hopping, waiting to fight right. Nobody want to get tapped by the gauntlet. If you got it, flaunt it. They say rap is haunted by the living dead. Rip them to shreds, give them the bread, Ralph sipping the red, bled, chipping the head, MCs is bought and sold. Their rhymes ain't worth the way they cost the gold hole. It's like a thin chain from here to Brisbane. Y'all should not rinse his name in vain, rep the insane. Gotta do it, snotty putrid, true grit. Came to spew, spit like bodily fluid with mucus. Cruise is useless, act like you knew it. Either that or get cold, smacked like blue or chew it. Rules is rules, backed right into it. Ghouls is fools, that's too cracked for school, prove it. All the way to UK to BK, hit the echo of the bang and the cockney rhyme is slain. Hurricane with the through your terrain, hit the echo of the bang and the cockney rhyme is slain. No guts, no glory, what's your story? Bore me poorly, saucy, oftenly enough for coffee. Rarely, scarcely, scary, glary, stare. Let's be very clear, MCs is derriere. As well as aware, warily, just don't be nearly near, you hear me? Yeah. Slow flow, speed beats, see what's on the streets From your nosebleed seats Dooming comes sun once all the swooming's done Leaves the room with the grooms unassuming blooming none Lady friend, sound of train is Ray Liberican Hair radiant, wavy baby skin He stayed pimping, Rocky Diamond rang Uncle Joe grandson, Cockney rhyming slang Crazy grin Flows is handsome, cockney ramen slang. All the way to UK to BK, hit the echo of the bang and the cockney ramen slang. Hurricane with the cool of terrain. Diggle your anthem, cockney ramen slang. All the way to UK to BK, hit the echo of the bang and the cockney ramen slang. Hurricane with the cool of terrain, hit the echo of the bang and the cockney ramen slang.